Well, we're going to get into God's Word together, and let's pray, and then we can start uh, the sermon for this morning. Thank you, Father, for everything we just saw. Thank you for all the good that you did last year, despite all of the terrible things that happened. And Lord, we are your church. We want you, Jesus, to build us up. We want you to teach us how to be the light, the city on the hill. Lord, we pray that you would help us to show the world a better way. And this year, we pray that you would bless all of our plans, because apart from you, we can do nothing. And we pray that you would bless our time in your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the verses will actually be projected on the screen for you, so you can take notes. I would love it if you did. It's good to be an active and engaged listener. We're closing out this series called Renew uh, 2021, and I hope you have your card. I hope you have it filled out. I know this is a blank one. It's because my real one is at home, okay? So don't judge me. I've got things written down, and I have some goals for my mind, for my body, for my heart. And today we are going to talk about the soul. What does it mean to renew your soul in 2021? What does it mean to be intentional, to invite God to do something new in your soul for this year? Uh, what season of faith are you in? Do you have a prayer plan, a giving plan, an evangelism plan? What commitments are you making? What questions do you have for God? These are all the things that go into a plan uh, to renew your soul uh, this year. And many people are searching for things in life. They're searching. They're searching for things. And we know actually what people are searching for. Do you know how we know? We know because of Google. Google keeps track of everything that we search for every year. And Google released its 2020 search trends uh, for us a few weeks ago. Check it out. Here's some of the, the search trends for last year. Go ahead and put the first one up there. The, uh, the, one of the highest search phrases last year was, what day is it? People couldn't remember what day. Google, what day is today? <laughs> Tell, tells you about how disorienting we were. Uh, next slide. Another fact from last year is how to cut your own hair was searched at an all-time high. And uh, mullet was searched twice as much as buzz cut. Maybe the mullet is making a comeback, men. Here's the next slide. When it comes to what people are searching for, pranks on parents reached an all-time high. Kids are at home. They're a little bored. What are they Googling? Pranks on parents. Watch out, parents. Here's the next one. Uh, last year, people wanted to know how to help. How to help was trending more than ever with everything from Australia fires, Black Lives Matter, coronavirus, Beirut. How to help. And here's the next one, given how crazy of a year it was. Insomnia was searched more than ever before in the year 2020. Why can't I sleep? Well, everyone's searching for something. I'd like to suggest to you that what should have been the number one Google search of last year was, how can I have an authentic spiritual connection with God? It should have been number one. How can I have an authentic spiritual connection to God? How can I find renewal for my soul? That should be number one on your list. Google it every day. Maybe we'll get it up there to trending number one. How can I have a real, personal, spiritual connection with God. And jot this down, number one, the first thing you have to ask is, what season of faith am I in? Where am I starting? If you want God to renew your soul, you have to be honest with him about where you are. You have to be honest with yourself about where you are, and that could be one of the hardest things to actually do. Where am I with God? It all begins 
if you've never gotten to this realization, it all begins when you look into God's Word and say, I don't have a relationship with God. My relationship to God is dead, non-existent. At some point in your life, you have to, based on what God's Word says, you have to look up and say, I don't know God personally. Do you know so many people live their entire lives never discovering that they have no personal relationship to God. And then they go on to the next life. And you know the last thing people hear on their way to hell? You know the last thing they hear? Jesus says, I never knew you. I never knew you. People think they've known God their whole lives. Do you know that's impossible? Do you know there has to come a point in your life when you agree with God's word and say, I don't know him and he doesn't know me. If that's never taken place, there is a grand canyon of separation between you and God, no matter what you think. Have you ever gotten to that realization? I don't know God. Maybe that's what this year is all about. What season of faith are you in? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time and said, I'm no longer the chairman of the board of my life. He's in total control. He's the king. I'm done. I'm done because I've made a mess of ruling my own life. Hey, do you know God through Jesus Christ? Then you've been born again. You have spiritual life. Only then can you say, God, renew my soul. It's pointless to ask God to renew your soul if you're spiritually dead. Okay, but if you've been born again, then Christians, we can come into God's presence every day and ask for help and renewal. Well, how do we do that? It starts when we realize where we are. What season of faith are you in? Where are you? Hey, are you content? Confused? Stuck? Mad? Thrilled? In my walk with Christ, I've been through every season of faith. I've been blown away by unexpected provision from God. I've been caught up in thrilling adventures and open doors. I've stood by the Red Sea with my knees shaking, wondering how God was going to get us from here to there, and He did. I've been in the fire and endured long, agonizing days of testing, and I've been overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And I've been utterly perplexed by the timing of God. I've been through it all. And I'm still going through it. But what season of faith are you in right now? Jot this down. Most people are in a fog. Coming out of last year, most people are in a fog. And if you're in a fog, you have to be able to identify that that is where you are. Hey, are you confused? Are you disoriented? Are you frustrated? Do you feel like you can't see around the next turn? Are you surprised by everyday challenges and pesky inconveniences as they pile up? Another quarantine, another round of e-learning, another event canceled, something else rescheduled, another trip to the doctor, another call to another company with another problem. Is that where you're at? Are you in the fog? You have to be able to say that. I'm in the fog. Here's a picture of a fogged up windshield. Here's what it feels like to be driving in a fog. For a lot of people, this is the season of faith. For most people, this is the season of faith you're in. I don't know what's coming in two months. Summer? I don't know. Fall? I don't know. Vacation? Uh, travel? Mm, your job? Uh, I, I can see this far! And I can't see beyond that. That's called the fog. You don't know what the future holds. 
Here's another picture of something that limits our visibility. This is called snow. Maybe you've heard of it. Driving in a blizzard. I was driving uh, this week with uh, somebody, and we were coming back to the church, and just out of nowhere, suddenly it was like whiteout conditions. We couldn't see down the street. And it, it happened out of nowhere. And here's another picture of what it's like when you're driving and you can't see. I can't see. Maybe you need to tell God, God, I can't see. I can't see what's coming. I can't see what's next. I can't see, I can't see where I'm going. Otherwise, you're going to end up like this. If you don't realize you're in the fog and you don't talk to God about it and you just keep driving blindly, that's going to be you. Maybe that is you. Maybe that is you right now. You are face up in a ditch and you're going nowhere with God. Hey, there's good news. If you're in a fog, God wants to help you. And in Isaiah 42, 16, here's what it says. And I will lead the blind, blind, you can't see, in a way that they do not know, in paths that they have not known. Listen, I will guide them. Listen, God wants to guide you when you feel blind. And I will turn the darkness before them into light. The rough places into level ground. These are the things I do, and best of all, I do not forsake them. Hey, is that your faith in the fog? God will guide me. God will turn the lights on. He will smooth these rocky trails, and he will never forsake me. Is this what you're telling yourself in the fog? Hey, what season of faith are you in? If you're in the fog, get Isaiah 42, 16 tattooed on your soul. Print it up. Put it everywhere so you know that God is right there guiding you. Most people are in a fog. Jot this down. Some people are on the mountain. For some people, and it's not a large group, but they have somehow emerged out of this craziness, and they are like somehow on the top of the world. Some, some great things have happened for them. God brought about some valley blessings that, that took them to a new spiritual high. And last year for them was a wow God year. I've talked to so many people who had a shockingly wow God year last year. They can't believe it. They can't explain it. And they're kind of nervous to tell other people about it because they might not understand. I'm really happy after last year. Oh, just be quiet. We're all in the fog. I'm, I'm on the mountain. Just be quiet. No one will like you if you're on the mountain. But for some people, in many ways, it was their best year yet. And they don't know what to do with that. When it comes to the mountain, this is a season of faith that we will all visit. Well, I'll visit the mountain. And uh, I shared with you last year, I got to get out to Arizona for a little while, and I climbed a mountain in Arizona called Camelback Mountain. It's one of the biggest mountains in the area. And I decided to get up. We climbed it once during the daytime, and then I wanted to do a sunrise hike. So I tried to get a few other guys to go with me, and they all chickened out. So I got up early in the morning, got to the mountain. There were a handful of other people climbing up. It's about an hour to get to the top, and if you time it just right, you can see the sunrise. So here's a video of me when I first got there. I had to walk the trail with, like, my phone flashlight, because you just couldn't see anything. That's the dusty trail. And, uh, there's Phoenix off in the distance. Um, and so I was just walking up, and then here's the next video. Uh, then you get to the place where you actually have to climb, and all those little twinkling dots are people who are climbing up the mountain. 
they got off to a bit of an earlier start than me. The tiny little oh, yeah, yeah. all the way up, oh, no. uh, and it takes a good hour. And then here's the next video when I finally got to the top, uh, and I wanted to commemorate this. Um, whoop, am I, there we go. And so when I finally got up to the top, the sun had not come up yet, and I was huffing and puffing. <laughs> but I got there, and it was so worth it because it was beautiful, and it was, it was just overwhelming. So there's me at the top of the mountain. And for some people, that's where they're at right now, spiritually. They are, here's another picture of what happens when we got to the top. And what was so cool uh, is there was, this, there was this guy who dragged his friend up the mountain early on. And when I saw them get to the top, they both sat down, and he goes, okay, okay, we got to the top. Now I like to sit down and look off at the sunrise and tell God everything I'm thankful for. And I'm like, I should do that right now. I should sit down and tell God everything I'm thankful for. <laughs> Grabbing his friend and taking him to the top of the mountain and then telling him now to say thank you to God. That's a good witnessing strategy, right? Hey, if you're on the mountaintop, that's what you got to do. Sit down and tell God everything you're thankful for. Grab a friend and take him up there with you. Hey, I'm going to tell you everything, God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. It's time for gratitude. Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 12 says this, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore your, to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Warning, warning, warning. Are you on the mountaintop? Are you blown away at how God provided for you last year? Did you have amazing news about your health or about your finances or about your relationships? I mean, was it a banner year? Warning, warning, do not forget the Lord. Because you did not do that. He did that for you. He did that for you. Woe unto you if you conclude you don't need God that much anymore. Some people are on the mountain. The mountain can be deadlier than the valley. Don't forget the Lord. It's time for gratitude. It's time for generosity. It's time to grab everybody and tell them what God did for you. Some people are on the mountain. Is that you? Are you in the fog? Are you on the mountain? Jot this down. Many people are in the valley. Many people are in the valley. The valley is a low, low, low place. The valley. When we went through Psalm 23, we said the, the good shepherd, right? Oh, the still waters. Oh, the green pastures. Oh, wait, we got to get up. Where are we going now, good shepherd? The valley of the shadow of death. Ah! What good shepherd would lead his sheep through this? He will. He'll lead you through the dark valley. It's a place every sheep will go. He will not forsake you there. Are you in the valley? Maybe with your health. Maybe you're mourning a loss of a loved one. There was maybe a radical redirection in your life. The valley is a hard place. And maybe you're asking, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? Sometimes the valley 
It feels, it feels kind of like you're holding five puzzle pieces to a 5,000-piece puzzle, and you're like, I don't even know where to start. What am I supposed to do with this? That's the valley. Isaiah 43, 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. These promises and principles found in the Old Testament apply to how God treats his people. He will be with you in the darkness. Maybe that's where you feel like you are. Here's a picture. Here's a picture from the show Stranger Things. This is called The Upside Down. And if you've watched Stranger Things, The Upside Down is suddenly you can get just like warped into this realm where it's kind of like Earth, only everything's really dark and scary, and there are like demonic things that want to hunt you. Uh, and, and, and so maybe this is how you feel when you wake up. You're like, I just, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. I don't know where I'm going. It's worse than fog. It's worse than fog because I, this could end very, very badly for me, right? Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you feel like the darkness has already erupted and so you're dealing with the fallout of not just your fears but things that actually have broken you, right? Not just the fear of this is getting bad, but boom! There was a photo contest online last year and people submitted their best timed photos. And here's the photo that won. Check it out. This person took a picture of an erupting volcano that suddenly triggered the, uh, the, the craziest freak electrical storm imaginable right above the volcano. So, so maybe you feel like if you had to describe what happened to you last year, imagine a volcano erupting and then a freak lightning storm over that and that's my life. Is that your life? <laughs> Like, scariest doomsday eruption possible. Maybe you're in the valley. Hey, if you're in the fog, or if you're on the mountain, or if you're in the valley, you have to have awareness to be able to say it. Here's where I'm at with God. You can't just hold your breath and turn blue in the face and wonder why things are not making sense. God wants you to see where you're at. Then what? We'll jot this down. Wherever you are, invite God to renew your soul. Wherever you are, Invite God to renew your soul. Why? Why am I in the fog? Why? Why am I on the mountain? Why? Why am I in the valley? Why? Why? I can give you a reason. I, I don't know every reason, but I can tell you the main one. The main one is this. God wants to build a stronger and better and deeper relationship between you and Jesus. That's why. That's why. Why? Reason one God wants this to build a stronger, better, deeper relationship between me and Jesus. This might be hard to face. If that's all that comes of it, it was worth it. All I got out of this trial was a stronger, better, deeper relationship with Jesus. Great. Well, couldn't I have at least gotten a t-shirt too? <laughs> if all that comes of it is your relationship with Jesus is better and deeper, it's eternally worth it. Now, there's other things that God has planned, too. That's a big one. So, okay, if I'm going for that, well, how do I invite God to renew my soul? We'll jot this down. Fully engage in gathered worship. Fully engage in gathered worship. You can't say, I want a renewed soul, and then, and then back out of community and back out of worship. You, it, those two don't go together. 
You can't say I'm going to isolate myself and not see other people and not sing to the Lord weekly and my soul's going to get brighter. Those things don't go together. So in Hebrews 10.25 it says this, uh, Do not neglect to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There, there is this increasing habit of being in community, of being grateful to God, of praising all the more as we approach the end of life and the return of Christ. All the more. It's increasing, not decreasing. Fully engaged in gathered worship. That means that you, first of all, you participate. You know, if you're in town and you're well, doesn't matter if it's only going to be one degree today. I'm getting to church. <laughs> I'll get out there and let my car warm up, right? Or I'll get online. But I'm, I'm not losing that rhythm. I'm not losing that routine. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be engaged. Sometimes people still have it in their mind that Sunday morning is a maybe. And maybe for you, if you're newer in the faith, if you're, or if you've exited a pretty hard season of life, maybe you need to admit that where you're at right now is you don't make the decision if you're going to go to church or not until Sunday morning. In other words, it's a maybe. And I would just challenge you in this year to say that church is no longer a maybe, right? Like if, if the kids say, are we going to church today? You say, never ask me that question again, okay? If your spouse asks you, well, are we or aren't? Never ask me that again. Okay, every week. Every week we're going. I'll be there. And if other people then come up with these plans, oh, let's go do breakfast. It'll be not after I go to church. What? Yeah. We'll have to delay it a few hours. Make that commitment. It's like a rock in the river and the water flows around it because you've made a commitment. Don't give up meeting together. And then when you're there, don't be like, fine, I'm here. I'm freezing, but I'm here. I mean, be engaged, right? You only get 52 of these a year. Like, throw your soul into it, right? Uh, when it comes to being engaged, you know, I don't know how many numbers you have on the dial. You know, some people are, are louder or more expressive. Some people, you know, whatever, whether you only have four or ten, crank it up to eleven. You know, or if you're a four, crank it up to five, whatever. But just express your love for the Lord. And then when it comes to you know, even if you don't feel like it, I think that God loves our worship more when we, we're not feeling it. We get here and we're like, ah, bad week, you know, didn't sleep well, and I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel it, right? I think God loves our worship more when we bring it, especially when we don't feel it. When our soul has grown cold, I think that's when we have to sing. When we don't feel like being around other people, that's when we have to set the lunch appointment. I don't feel like it. I know. But you have to fully engage in gathered worship. That will renew your soul. And then jot this down. Replace fear with faith. Replace fear with faith. So if you say, I want a renewed soul, you can't simultaneously say, and I'm going to stock it full of fear. Fear, 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 fear. The shelves are full. Where's my renewal? No, no, no. That doesn't work. Okay. That's not the way it works. You can't stack your soul full of fear and then say, God, renew it now. It's not the way it works. In Luke 8, 25, Jesus said to his disciples after he calmed the storm, where is your faith? And look, if you've got a heart full of fear, this is what Jesus is asking you. He's looking you eyeball to eyeball. 
Okay? And he's saying this. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? If your soul is full of fear, he's saying, where is your faith? He wants to see it. He's challenging you to choose it. Then they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? Bingo! He commands your fears. Hey, listen, your fears answer to one master. They don't come running when you call them. They don't care about you. They're a pack of wild dogs that would love to devour you, but they answer to the voice of Christ. So you get him to command them, and you'll find rest for your soul. Replace fear with faith. What is it? What are your fears? They're swirling around, first thing you think about when you wake up. Usually if you've got a long ride, long drive ahead of you, you zone out. There they are. There they are. Right? Uh, God wants to meet you there. I've got a really long list of fears right now in my soul. I have three teenagers. Ellie's at college. Jared's going into high school next year. Are you praying for your pastor? I hope <laughs> just right now all bow our hearts and pray for our pastors. (laughs) Cassie's driving. I want our church to get back to full strength. COVID's still throwing us curveballs. There's huge religious liberty challenges coming. Long, 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 long list of fears. I've got them. And they're calling out to me. But I know I can't command them. I have to replace fear with faith. So You want to find renewal for your soul? Fully engage in gathered worship. Replace fear with faith. Jot this down. Replace lies with truth. Replace lies with truth. So the fears, they put God on trial, then they get you to hand a verdict to God. And these are strongholds deep in your heart, where if you can't get these out of your heart, you will not find renewal. Here's a slide that shows the four major lies that we believe about God. You'll usually have one of them that is kind of your go-to, Uh, But we'll all get to all four of them. But four lies about God would be, number one, God, you're not strong enough. If you constantly struggle with anger, it's because you're angry that God is not exerting his will like you think he should. So if anger is your default, it's likely that you are frustrated at how God is exerting himself. You don't think God is strong enough. He needs to do more to fix this person or problem. And you're willing to cross over a boundary of sin right? Because God won't. And maybe you need to face that lie and repent of that lie that you are allowing to sit in your heart. Next one is, God, you're not smart enough. If you struggle with anxiety, it's because you're backseat driving God. You think you know how the details should all come together better, right? Better. You, if he could only coordinate these things better, and you've got all of, your, all of your fret and all of your fear, does God know this and this and this and this and this and this? How is all this going to come to, as if God's up there in heaven looking down and saying, can I borrow your notes? Because I don't think I can pass this exam without you. If you struggle with anxiety, it's because the default lie that you're believing is God is not smart enough. He needs my help. He needs my help to figure this one out. And you're willing to cross a threshold of sin when you think God's not orchestrating those micromanaged details in your life like you would like. 
Wait for God? Why would I do that? I can get this done by Thursday. God, you're not smart enough. The third one is, God, you're not fun enough. So this is the person who's just in denial, right? They just want to go out and have a good time, and it's one stimulating experience after another, one crazy relationship after another, the party, you know, the, and, and, it's, and they're willing to cross over boundaries of sin to get their fun, right? God's just this big old straitjacket in the sky who's holding me back from all that I could be experiencing. Why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? How come? How come? And uh, that person is just in denial. They're in denial of, first of all, that their reckless way of life is going to bring far more pain into their life than pleasure. In other words, they don't think God's way is best. They're denying that. And they're in denial that they actually have some serious things they have to take care of. They won't face the hard stuff. They just want the thrill. Maybe denial is your go-to. God, you're not fun enough. I'm out of here. And then fourth, God, you're not good enough. I know how this is going to end. God's not going to come through. That person's never going to change. We're not going to be able to pay for that. Ho-hum, Eeyore, always writing sad endings to God's stories. I know, I know. It's always, it's going to be bad. If you struggle with depression, it's likely that you believe God is not good enough. He can't, he can't, he can't bring this. Oh, maybe other people have stories like that, but not me. It's a lie. These are lies. God, you're not strong, smart, fun, or good enough. And one of those lies right now is a giant orb in your heart that has a lot of gravity, that's bringing a lot of thoughts and decisions around it, and you've got to get it out of your heart. So wherever you are, invite God to renew your soul, fully engage in gathered worship, replace fear with faith, and then replace lies with truth. And then number three, jot this down, pray fervently without ceasing. What season of faith are you in? Know where you're at. Wherever you are, invite God to renew your soul. And then pray fervently without ceasing. You can't say, you know, I really want a renewed soul this year, and I'm not going to pray. Those things don't go together. You know, God, fire me up, and I'm not going to pray. You can't say both those things. Uh, pray fervently without ceasing. So do you have a prayer plan? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Man, prayer is the best way to set your soul straight. I'd like you to make sure on your soul goals that you write down some big prayers for the year. Okay, don't pray for chicken nuggets on this thing. Lord, bless my lunch. Okay, that would be the greatest miracle recorded in Scripture if chicken nuggets became healthy. Okay. I'm talking about far beyond food prayers. I mean, what are the big ones? What are the, the mountains flying through the sky into the sea? What are the big ones that you want God to do in you, through you, for you? You have not because you ask not. That's going to be a sad moment in your transition to the next life. And now I will show you the closet full of the things I would have done for you if you had only asked. Wow. Prayer. Are you talking to God? Sometimes people don't know what to say. Prayer is just talking to God. That's it. You don't need the these and the thous. I've recommended before, there's a book called The Valley of Vision. There's like a normal copy, but then I found online that they have this really nice, like, leather-bound copy. It's really nice. So you might want to order this. It's 
called the Valley of Vision, and the Puritans um, wrote out all these amazing prayers. So maybe you're like, I just don't know how to talk to God. Somebody did it for you. Just get it and open it up. And then, and then you can pray this to God, right? This will help you pray better. Uh, my, you know, my prayer plan, my go-to is a prayer journal. Every year I find a, you know, a journal, and then I, I write it out two, three times a week at church. I've got another one at home. But I, you know, I can tell you, uh, you know, I can, years from now, say, all right, January 15, 2020, here's what I was saying to God. So it's a written record of my prayers. I still kneel down and talk to him and pray to him. I also, but my primary go-to is prayer journaling. Maybe you want to do a prayer journal this year. We hand out on the way in a um, prayer calendar for winter 2021. You don't have to do it on the day. Like, you don't have to pray for the second on the second. There's just 31 different days of prayer. And we challenge people to go through this. And then as you pray, you know, just kind of cross it off. And then when you get through it all, bring it to church, drop it in the offering box so that we know you did it. Pray for your church. This is a great way to say, I'm praying, I'm praying. You want to you see renewal in your soul? You got to pray. You got to pray. Jot this down. What problems are stealing your joy? What problems are stealing your joy? Write down the boulders, the burdens that you're carrying. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens at your feet. Here's a picture of a guy with baggage. Check it out. Next time you go to the airport, try and bring all that luggage with you, right? They won't let you carry that on. Hey, wheel that right into God's presence. Here you go, God. Here's all my bags. Here's all my bags. You think you're going to carry them through this year? Philippians 4.4 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. What problems are stealing your joy? Pray about it. Jot this down. Who's on your evangelism hit list? If you want your soul to be fired up, pray. Pray for the lost. Pray for the lost people in your life who are going through the madness of a pandemic without the Trinity inside of them, without the otherworldly power of Christ sustaining them. Look across the fence and be like, wow, it's hard for me. She's got no hope. She's got no chance. And then pray, Lord, open a door. Man, nothing will fire you up like having a great spiritual conversation with somebody and telling them about Jesus, telling them what God has done in your life, right? Nothing will fire you up faster than that. When's the last time you had a great spiritual conversation? It's prayer that opens that door. In Romans 10.1, Paul said, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Is that, are you praying? Lord, save them, change them, transform them. Are you praying? Are you telling people, I'm praying for you? Boy, that'll open a door up. I'm praying for you. And then jot this down. What questions do you have for God? So all of this is meant to help you know what to write on here. You can write out your prayers. You can write out your evangelism hit list. You can write out the lies you're believing about God that you're going to stop thinking about, right? You can talk to God about the season of faith you are in. You can, uh, but, but then you can write out what questions do you need God to answer? Lord, I need help understanding why. Lord, I need you to show me when. Lord, I need you to point me where. Lord, there's some who's 
some people that I need you to help me with. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Hey, look, if you are intentional, if you invite God to renew your soul, if you're honest with him, and if you commit yourselves to worship and to prayer, your soul will be supercharged. It will. He will meet you. He'll fill you up. He'll empower you. He'll restore you. He'll renew you. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want a stronger, better, deeper relationship with God this year? That's what he's going for. And that's what we need to ask him to do. Nothing less. Let's pray to him right now. Jesus, what a way to close out this initial series. We do want more. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. I just pray that whatever season we're in, you would meet us there in power. Most of us are in the fog. We can't see a month ahead. We, we don't know what's going to change next. We don't know where we're going to be. Lord, we, we just don't know. We can't see. Meet us there and turn our darkness into light. Lord, some are on the mountaintop. They can't believe it. They can't believe how good you were to them last year. Lord, may they not waste it. May they not waste it. Help them not to waste it. Help them not to jump back down into a billion more worries or to start fearing you're not going to be there for them again this year. Help them not to grow cold and isolated and to try and somehow keep for themselves what you have given them by grace. May they truly overflow with generosity to be a blessing to others, to spread the gratitude, to testify. Help them not to waste it. Lord, I just pray for those who are in the valley. Their souls are low. They're broken. They are storm-tossed. They're seasick. They, they're, Lord, they just need you. They just need you in ways they never thought that they did before. And I just pray that you would be their good shepherd, walking them one step after another. Lord, I just pray that you would help them, Lord, as that volcano grows dormant and things calm down a little and they don't know where to go. And I just pray that you would put them back together again. And Lord, hear our prayers. Save our friends and our loved ones this year. Get the filthy lies of the enemy out of our heads. And we just pray that all this would amount to a renewed, restored soul. Only you can do this, Jesus. And we invite you to do it in your mighty name. Amen.